Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. What is that? The future of radio, you jabronis. Coming to you from fabulous Studio B in Bradenton, Florida, welcome to New Jabroni Pro Wrestling. It's under the JU branch. Uh, it's a new show born out of my hatred for the WWE. I am your host, Daniel Salorzno, and in my insanity, I decided that I was going to cover all of the G1 Climax, which is 18 shows and a finale. Most of them are on at like 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I don't care. I got nothing better to do, but I'll tell you one thing. I am ready to watch this G1 Climax. You know who else is ready? I'm ready. Bonesaw <laughs> is ready. <laughs> Sorry, I missed my cue. Uh, I, I, I was hoping. Uh, yeah, I, te- I teed you up, baby. Uh, she did, and I drove it right in the dirt. <laughs> okay, so uh, with me today uh, is Ryan Bonesaw Rudnick. Uh, he's my buddy Ryan. I've mentioned him on the uh, other show a bunch of times, and uh, I've wanted to get him on here for a long time. And now here we are, and the forbidden fruit must be tasted. Oh, so sweet, so sweet. Uh, so you usually what we end up doing uh, when we get a new person in is uh, t- tell me tell me about your wrestling history. I mean, I I know about it obviously because right. you were the uh, Famously turned me on to pro wrestling, so uh, yeah, just uh, to yeah, just let it rip. All right, so uh, let's see. I think around five or six, I remember catching some Saturday shows of WWF, and uh, fell in love with a uh, with a man who was absolutely oozing machismo, <laughs> Razor Ramon. Oh God, Drop, dropping fools with that sweet Razor's Edge to defend the Intercontinental Title, and uh, that was that was my opening hook. Um, just not not being too young and too stupid to figure out TV times and TV schedules, but like just turning on TV Saturday, randomly hoping that there'd be more wrestling and uh, sometimes being fortunate enough to find it. Um, so hated Diesel and HBK for a little while there, <laughs> but uh, they they would gain new respect. I think at that point, I just kind of uh, at, at being a kid, just kind of floated away for a little while and really only came back when the NWO was showing up in WCW. I had a buddy Shane who. For some reason, was like you got to you, you got to see what Hulk Hogan's doing. And I'm like Hulk Hogan, okay, all right, <laughs> let's see this. And there he is out in the in the black and white with who else? Oh, Razor yeah. Ramon and Diesel back on the scene. And I go, oh, those guys. I remember those guys. And uh, you know, NWO just raising hell in in that way. We hadn't really seen a a bad guy faction before. So I, I stuck with that for a little while until I flipped over to. So I've been watching, I think, maybe nine months or so WCW. And then I realized accidentally by hitting the up button on the remote one night, <laughs> there is another wrestling program out on Monday nights. And I turn it on, and there's, there's Mike Tyson. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, gosh. Mike so, Tyson so, and HBK. So you're, you're – uh, WWE wasn't your – well, I mean, it would have been WWF at the time. That was not your first thing. It was – you were uh, – well, I mean, I guess technically if we're talking about a million years ago when you were little, but like your first like serious stint was WCW. Yeah, WCW was what really got me uh, into being a, a formed wrestling fan. Okay. Uh, old, old enough to actually remember what I was doing. And then uh, you realized what, what for. that it wasn't uh, machismo that was oozing out of Razor Ramon, but alcohol and pills. And, and, and burger grease it looked like too, probably. <laughs> Okay, so you, uh, so so now you've uh, found WWF, and you see Mike Tyson. So this would have been right around Mania '98, right? Yeah, I think that was uh, right before '14. Uh, the lead up to that, where where Stone Cold takes the title. So, <laughs> I like at that point, I still kind of stuck with WCW. That was what I had. That was what I was working with, and my history was pretty entirely WCW. So, uh, r- loving Chris Jericho over there, the Lionheart. Um, Young machismo back there. Um, no, baby. Mo- mo- moving on to uh, NWO continuing. But yeah, then then after that, I started flipping it, flipping it over and seeing DX 
It's Stone Cold. And those two, those two were, were uh, you know, captivating characters, and, and the match they were having were really fun. Uh, just sweet, sweet drama. And uh, that, that kind of was when I switched over and started paying less attention to NWO. That was starting to get uh, tired. They were doing too much with the Wolfpack and then uh, the Acolyte. Was it the Acolyte? The Disciple? The, uh, yeah, the, it, it, the, got, it got really the over there. Yeah, so too many, too many people, and it just kind of started losing my attention. Plus, fuck you, Tony Schiavone. I don't like you. <laughs> you mean world heavyweight champion, Tony Schiavone. No. I'm sorry. I had to pay his proper due. <laughs> Oh God. Okay. So so now, uh, obviously, Stone Cold and um was um this was this would have been like after uh, HBK like broke his back and stuff. Yeah. When I when I really actually started watching the, so, the weekly so it was, it was shows, Hunter. HBK was out. Okay. So it, it it was Hunter's DX then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was uh the, pretty soon thereafter. I think I saw the episode where where new DX members came out when X Pac and the Outlaws ah, right, right. flipped over, beating up Terry Funk and, and Cactus Jack. I think it was Chainsaw Charlie. Chainsaw Charlie. <laughs> there you go. I do it. Something else. <laughs> Something else. Dumb. <laughs> but D, but DX was was a lot of fun having their feud with the Nation and the craziness with Stone Cold and uh, McMahon at the top. The just the card was top to bottom exciting, and you didn't find that the same on WCW anymore. It was a little bit more tired, repetitive. Uh, not not nearly as racist. <laughs> not nearly as racist or or t- testosteronely charged. Oh God. Okay. With, so- with some sweet pandering for for a young boy's heart. And and which is you know about the consensus of everyone like that's when it started to you know to you know turn downhill right. anyway. My experience is yeah, my experience is not not unique to my uh, to me. Okay. Other people probably saw it the exact same way. So yes. All right. Well, uh, right on. So this is uh, uh how how long uh, how long into okay now now you're in like the real good meat and potatoes of wwf uh yeah every every week as a uh, showstopper um how wh- uh what were your what were your favorite things uh in that time era and then like what where where did you eventually start to taper off where you're like i'm just not really watching wrestling anymore the the highlights would be when McMahon and, and Austin was hitting its peak, um, I didn't even love Stone Cold at the time. I I liked the story they were telling, but as a as a character, he was he was just so damn over. It was almost like he doesn't need another fan. I could <laughs> I could occasionally complain, like, yeah, why does this guy get all the breaks? Why does he get all the chances? Okay, <laughs> it was it was a weird thing, but I love the character still it was it was it was a lot of fun to watch as you know who i kind of feel like that about right now and you know we'll obviously we'll get into this on the second half but is uh okada i see why you would say that i completely agree and he broke through my defenses nonetheless yeah he is he is my full-on favorite uh at at new japan okay well and i and i went in not wanting to like him which we could get into I, I I did I did not go in not wanting to like him. I mean my my first exposure to Okada was you know the the uh, all the matches with Kenny Omega. Which Same here. And I went in rooting for Kenny Omega. So oh yeah, like, I mean I, I, that was the hype I got. And plus you know uh, the, he's representing my my Gaijin <laughs> fa- faction. So I guess I'm supposed to root for him jingoistically. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I I was predisposed, but. I never hated him, and he and the man the man works so good. Oh yeah, he, and he just he just won me over. Right, one rainmaker at a time, one rainmaker to the heart. <laughs> so so many unnecessary rainmakers at a time. So many rainmakers. Uh, okay, so um, so back. Uh, okay, so so you're like Stone Cold is you know he's so over etc. So then you they don't were, need me. Okay, so go on. So DX was probably my my biggest uh, anchor point. I was. I was I love Triple H, X Pac, uh, Outlaws. Probably Triple H uh, really liked, and I was always holding the flame for HBK. I don't know why, because I hated him as a, a Razor Ramon rival, but I was always holding out hope for him to come back. And his his flirting with that with as as the commish uh, was was also pretty great. Uh, so f- f- famously, Razor Ramon and HBK were in the first ladder match, which. 
I never watched until maybe like a year ago, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize Razor Ramon won that match. I just assumed that Shawn Michaels won that match. You would assume that, but no, Razor, Razor won that match. That was a that's a great match. Yeah, that's that was. Uh, I think that uh, I think that was a five star match. I think if, if it wasn't, it, sh- it certainly should have been. That was excellent ladder storytelling. Okay, uh, and I don't th- and you don't expect I don't ever expect Ram- Ramon to have that match just because he's such a bigger <laughs> brawler type. So for him to have a a decently little nimble ladder match show some range for the dude. Yeah, for the I, big Jamoke. Yeah, I I mean I mean sure, and also you know Sean can make anyone look like gold on top always, of that. So always true. Okay, so uh, now. Okay, so you like the uh, you like the DX, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I think looking back at it objectively, like, I, I, I remember starting to get just like I'm 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 over Triple H in terms of like that was that was who Vinnie Mac like really wanted to like push because he I felt like he was just champion forever until I was just like I'm not watching wrestling anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I liked him. I I liked his time when he was. He always felt like a great intercontinental champion. And once he pushed into heavyweight, was when I kind of stopped stopped pulling for him and caring so much. The cerebral assassin and all the the increasingly longer titles and gimmicks and nicknames. Hey, it, I I think objectively that's like what he was. He was a really he was a really great bad guy. He like, was like I and and. It's we we've had a, a a conversation to the nature of, uh, you know if uh uh you've got you've got those heels where like everyone is like oh my god like a a perfect like modern example is if Roman Reigns would just turn heel everyone would cheer for him which is like counterintuitive like I think Stephanie McMahon is the perfect example of a really good heel. Like you hate, like I hate Stephanie McMahon. I'm sure mm-hmm. she's a fine person, but as yeah. a TV character, like I hate her by every conceivable metric. And really, like that's what a heel is supposed to be. So, like if you really don't like a person, and not because I mean, I mean, even I, I've always like I've had these times where I've been like, gosh, Stephanie Man- McMahon is just so awful. And if I'm feeling that, then she's doing her job right, in my opinion. But if it gets to the point where it's so – she's doing her job so well that you would like her to actively go away and would think it would be better for it, then might that be too far? Oh, no, no. I, I, I agree with you uh, 100%. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I say she toes that line. And, and well, and that's not anything new because, you know, Vince McMahon – Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, uh, when when did you kind of start to like? Uh, yeah, oh, it's just also in that heavyweight era. I mean, like you also had the I, the Rock and Rikishi mm-hmm. was coming up at that time, and then the other dudes from WCW were you know like this was like tor- probably yeah. towards the very end of that, and like going in. Oh, and Kurt Angle was mm-hmm. also in the picture at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck me. Yeah, it was still. I mean, it was still fantastic product uh after after the beginning attitude era stuff when yeah the wcw guys was coming over eddie guerrero was awesome uh latino heat with china that was good yeah kurt angle kurt angle came in on coming on the scene and he was yeah that was one of the that was a fun one to get behind he oh god he he nailed it from day one like it was mm -hmm. it was crazy yeah just immediately clicked and it is it is funny going uh going back through that stuff and looking at it I um the the opening promo packages that they were doing mm-hmm. for Kurt Angle they were very heelish and mm-hmm. and it, it like <laughs> it, it, it like it, it's very transparently heelish but I think at the time it's like oh like oh, he's an Olympic gold medalist and blah 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 and and then he and then he came out it's like ah. Oh, no one likes this guy. Ah, uh, everyone hates this guy. But like, looking through the, you know, like looking back through the lens of having experience, like God, he was so goddamn great. Yeah. See, those are the the, the those are always the heels. I think are obviously the the more enjoyable ones where it's really fun to be the that jab in the side. But, yeah. But you want those guys around. 
those soon to be baby faces. Uh, so when when did you start to uh when did you start to taper off? Somewhere around two thousand two thousand one, I think. I can't even remember how it just kind of faded away. Um, WrestleMania seventeen. There's a XV XV X seven. X7, that's it, yeah. XB, I couldn't remember if it was XB plus two. They did something stupid with the X7. I think that was around the around the last one. I think the the rock had, had kind of started fading away for, for movies. The WCW guys were, were bigger in charge. I never got to Eddie Guerrero as a champion, yeah. uh, as a heavyweight champion. Which, which, is a, which is a shame. That and... Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, but I'm just going to say it. Chris Benoit. Yeah, you, you have to say it. Uh, it, you don't, but you did. Well, I mean, <laughs> let us remember all of the good things that he did, and not any of the people that he may have murdered before murdering himself. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. Like that. That stuff. And. Oh my God. Like I. I don't know if you've ever watched any. Uh. Like Pegasus Kid vi- videos or just just any old stuff with like Eddie Guerrero or Chris Benoit. But like God, those guys were fucking. They they were beasts. Uh. Um. Yeah. I mean this. So this would have been around. Uh. In high in high school, which is I I felt like it really. Uh. uh for either of us, really hit like a fever pitch mm-hmm. at one time. X seven, I think, is universally agreed upon that like the the culmination of x7 uh if you if you don't remember offhand is austin wins and then heel turns and this is like right right after uh mcmahon had bought wcw mm-hmm. so it was like fuck you everyone in the crowd we have your money now <laughs> and now we now we don't have to do anything because there's no competition or whatever I don't even think I might. I might not have even gone that far before because I don't think I actually saw Austin's heel turn. Yeah, that's and I, I that was the uh, the the birth of what, which was right right about yeah. when I I started I stopped stopped watching. I mean, I don't know. I just I I like. Do you just was it just kind of like life getting in the way, or were you just kind of like ah, I'm not invested in I, this, or I think I got a car. <laughs> And so at that point, you know, yeah, okay. options open up. Then you have to have to work a job to to put fuel in the car. Oh, yeah. So you can drive to work to put fuel in the car. It's a really stupid circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's about it. And there wasn't, it wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't keeping me enough. There were enough things I was finding annoying or heels I just disliked so much. I didn't want to see anything. Okay. From them, like we had, what? What was certainly something that needed to I needed a break from. I'm sure. I remember that being very annoying at a point. Okay. Yeah. I so mean, yeah, I th- I think I think they took a bunch of their best mid carters and <coughs> who admittedly only had the one gimmick and then threw them all into that uh that uh the stable with a uh, Stevie Ray or whatever the radicals. Oh no 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 the, no that oh, um, no that was a um right to censor. Oh right to censor. Sure they, they, they took Val, Val and they, they took all the greatest, Yeah they, oh they took Val Venus and they changed the Godfather to the Good Father, which is admittedly that, really that, funny. That's a good one. Just uh, add it now. Okay, so now, so now you, uh, now you're not watching wrestling anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh. Do you, do you recall any things like in that big gap between then and let's say 2014 or whatever that maybe kind of made you go like, oh, I wonder what's going on with this? Or did you ever be like, I want to catch a random WrestleMania or a random Royal Rumble? No, nothing, nothing for a long period of time until I moved to South Florida. And so in around 20... 11 2012 one of the guys i worked with was watching and invited me over for a pay-per-view so i eventually ended up going over to watch royal rumble one year okay. so that might it might have been even later because i don't think i'll when i worked at that actual job so maybe like even 2014 whichever royal rumble chris jericho came back in again I'm always reaching back to those pivotal touch points and they always seem to show up at just the right times to to latch me back when 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 wrestling needs me mm-hmm 
So I see Jericho come out for the Royal Rumble, and I am immediately like, oh, hey, wait, I actually dug out a Y2J shirt for this. This is perfect. <laughs> and, he had a, and he had a good performance in there and, and lasted a little while. Uh, so I, I was going over to his house every every few months for a pay-per-view. I'd catch maybe one of the big ones, um, but wasn't really sure who, what, or anything going on. It was all kind of just... Watch it, watching some matches with the little the promos ahead, trying to trying to catch up as best I could. So I remember some CM Punk, I think at the very end, and yeah, but I before that I had no idea what was going on. I knew there was a Batista. Okay, that was about, that was about it. There was a Batista in there. Somewhere. Well, well, then this this sounds more around like uh like 2014 then, because that mm-hmm. was, uh, that was a that that was the year of the uh, worst Royal Rumble on record. Where for some reason Daniel Bryan was not in the Royal Rumble, um, everyone like the the crowd booed Rey Mysterio for being number thirty. Like that's how yes. that's how bad it was that Daniel Bryan wasn't in the Royal Rumble that year. Yes, and that was and uh, Punk, Punk was in that Rumble, and that's where he was just like, "Fuck this, I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm done now." Uh, yeah, that's that's about right where. Uh, so then we both uh, serendipitously. You know, jumped back in like right about the mm-hmm. same time then. Yeah, I kept up with a couple of the pay-per-views leading up to the WrestleMania where Daniel Bryan won uh, with the two-match night and finally got the titles. Yeah, I was going to From said Batista. Yeah, okay. That one. And that was where I was like, okay, I like this moment. This this is, this this whole buildup, it was a story told across a whole pay-per-view. It was fantastic. And I was really into it. So I decided, well, I will... I will watch Monday Night Raw. Hopefully it's still where I remember it. Monday nights at eight or nine or something. There it was. So watched the watch the Raw and started keeping up with the pay-per-views after that. So that was that was pretty much my return point. Alright. Uh and now um I guess we can bridge into uh so we're we're familiar with the common era. I imagine mm-hmm. I, I imagine now, especially since you have a kid and also because of the uh, poor content, you are uh, ca- catching it every now and uh, you know every now and again. Yeah, I had been keeping up with the with the weekly shows. I had been trying to do so even after having the kid a couple years ago, and it was working for a while. But then eventually, it also was not worth it. So yeah, it, it, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard to watch three hours of Raw anyway, mm-hmm. and then especially when there's about. 30 total minutes of wrestling in three hours. Yeah. And I got Stardew Valley to catch up on too. I got a farm, man. I got mouths to feed. Yeah. yeah I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, uh, did, did the, uh, did the same friend pull you, uh, over to this, uh, new Japan train? And, you know, I'm, I'm guessing this is right around the time when the, uh, that, you know, I, I would call it the, uh, gl- the glorious golden age of the bullet club. A little after the Bullet Club, he had been telling me about. I had been hearing about these these young bucks for quite a, quite a long time from this guy. Okay. So I and I would nod and be like, "Yeah, that sounds good." I'm just I don't know how to watch Japanese wrestling, and I'm probably not going to make that for those over at your house. Uh, I had yet to get fully going on on New Japan World, ah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but he was keeping me up on that, and so I was, and also showing me. A lot of times he just show me single matches from people and other indie stuff. So he would show me like PWG stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw some Kevin Steen, and oh baby, the the guy with the that does the penis grab attack, and he's got the lady tag partner, ah, Joey, Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan, that's it. Thank you. Um, so it's just some interesting stuff that I would see along the way, and so he eventually showed me uh, Omega Okada, I think number two, um, saying like, hey, this was got seven 17 stars or something and it's amazing and so we watched it and it, it was amazing and so that's when that's when Kenny Omega and Okada and New Japan came on my radar um uh, caught a couple matches randomly super randomly uh, and it wasn't until Wrestle Kingdom 13 was it the last year where Jericho and Omega had the match that I had seen building up and I'm like you know what I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take a dive into this and give it a try and make an effort to watch that show yeah that Wrestle Kingdom was great it was. It was a. It was a. It was a good period to to jump into. I picked a good starting point. Yeah, yeah. I, and and almost like l- lamentably, I almost kind of wish I could have jumped in just a little bit sooner. 
and, and may, maybe maybe gold, golden age of Bullet Club was uh, well. Let, let, let's just define it now. Let's say the golden age of Bullet Club was maybe like you know, like when AJ Styles and like Prince Devitt and mm-hmm. and uh, and Gallows and Anderson were in it or whatever. And yeah. then we'd say Silver Age is you know Kenny Omega, Bucks, uh, Cody. Yeah. And now it's that's agreeable. Switchblades, Bullet Bronze Club, Age, baby. Back to the Bronze Age. <laughs> I think bad. I think bad luck follows the uh, the leader now. <laughs> he is. He is a general. Uh, I mean they they uh. Uh, they they got gorillas of destiny. Like, don't don't sleep don't sleep they, on gorillas of destiny. <laughs> I like gorillas of destiny. They're they're good. They uh, they had they had a little uh, so one one of those guys put yeah uh, the gorillas of destiny post on Twitter the uh, just a side by side uh them and uh, the Usos like maybe we should match up. <laughs> I was like I love the sound of that. I'd be I'd be in for that. There'd be a lot of. A lot of hair flying around, oh, and you wouldn't be able to tell who's who. Well, you know which side is which because one side's constantly giving middle fingers. <laughs> oh yes, that's right. Those uh, damn dirty usos. <laughs> just, oh, wait, and, and just, just telling people to fuck off. I like. Mm-hmm. I, I I'll, I'll tell you the the one thing that pro wrestling is really missing these days is uh, cussing. <laughs> cussing, cussing, and anger to the fans. <laughs> We're going to cut for a commercial for one second, and then we're going to be right back. Hi, my name is Dick Strickland, and you may know me as the voice of Jabroni University, Daniel Solorenzo. D- sorry, Solorzno. Even I get that wrong sometimes. When I was at the lowest point in my life, I reached out to find the truth, the light, and the one salvation of the Draft Podcast. Don't be left for dead in the dark. Make the draftpod.com the true lord in your life. That's the draftpod.com. And we're back. That's that's all that's all it takes, baby. Magic. Radio magic. <laughs> um <clears throat> so now uh now we're going to talk about the G1 climax. Uh this let, let's just talk about the people that are in the G1 climax this year because I feel like it's a really really thick roster of people. We've got Okada, we've got Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, uh, Kenta, who you may formerly know uh, from WWE as Hideo Itami, although that's even debatable because if you manage to see him. Uh, then that was uh, a miraculous achievement in and of itself. Uh, we, Will Ospreay, Lance Archer, uh, Evil, Bad Luck Fale, Sonata, and Zack Saber Jr. That's just the A block. So there's there's definitely there's a lot of there's a lot of beef in there. Uh, B block we got Juice Robinson, uh, Shingo Takagi, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Jeff Cobb, fucking su- suplex machine. <laughs> uh Toru Yanu, uh uh who is if uh, uh, let's uh drop the uh the ruse that I know who all of these people are. If Toru Yano is who I think he is, he's hilarious. Phew. He's the one, yes, he's the he's the curry slinger. <laughs> okay, uh yeah. Um <laughs> he had his match with Kenny Omega one time, and they were like tied together, and it was fucking hilarious. Oh, strap match, Russian Russian strap match. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it was like the, it was like the silliest. It was the silliest thing I've ever seen. Like like a silky <laughs> scarf. <laughs> I I don't even remember what oh, happened. Not in like about the half, strap. I I don't remember what happened in half of it. Like there was there were scissors at some point. Like it, it was just like what devious thing can we do with props that no one would think of? You know, like and uh, granted, this is uh, from the brains of a guy who's like, I'll have a legitimate match with a nine year old girl. <laughs> and 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 I don't know if you ever saw that, but it was entertaining. I did not, but I'm gonna what, add it to the list. What? Yeah, watch Kenny Omega versus a nine year old girl. It, oh, it's, I see you were talking about Toriano. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm I'm just saying like it, it's that's the level. That was the level of that match. lazy joke. Um. Okay, and then uh, 
we got Naito, uh, Hiroki Goto, who has uh, won G1 climaxes in the past. I'm led to believe. Yes, I heard uh, you. Waito. Uh, we got Taichi, uh, who everyone is. Uh, he looks like a. Uh, he looks like a Soul Caliber. Yes, he does. That's exactly what he is. Oh, perfect. I think I might have actually wrote that joke down. Hold on, let me check my notes. This is good note checking. Oh, I wasn't actually checking my notes. You, you can't continue. Don't worry about it, baby. I could, I could cut that long pause out. Showbiz magic. And, uh, and probably the uh, the biggest news, John Moxley. What do you think about John Moxley? Well, I was, I was certainly tired of Dean Ambrose, and I haven't seen him do the dip through the clothesline or dip through the the, the ropes clothesline springboard thingy again. So I love him now. Now he's my favorite. <laughs> as long as he never does that ever again, which I'm sure he won't, because it sounds like he hates everything about that old character. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> dressing like a mechanic. That's <laughs> just. I I mean have have you seen have you seen him in anything recently? Did uh, either in New Japan or in AEW? Yeah, I saw. Um, I mean, I saw him make the appearance at Double or Nothing and okay. looked looked good. And he's been he's been reworking his his physique, so he's he looks like a whole different person, and it fits. And then I saw him beat up uh, saw him beat up a young lion, I think Shoto. Shoto Umino or something. Yeah, he oh, took okay, yeah, he yeah, took yeah. it to him. Like that dude, that dude got a match with a big name, and yeah, uh, that, that big name brought it brought it down on him. <laughs> and yeah, he looked it, he looked good. It was a good. It was a it was kind of match. Good to see him start this character out with kind of really yeah. lay, laying some wood. Yeah. So uh, he uh, uh, he also he also had a match with Juice Robinson, and I mean, we're talking. He was bi- he was biting Juice Robinson in the face. Uh, it, it's. Uh, <laughs> There's just a bunch of things about John Moxley that you know that he wanted to do with Dean Ambrose that he's just like I have all these ideas and I know I can make it good. Uh, if you if you haven't listened to the uh, the Jericho podcast with with him and you have time to listen to a podcast, absolutely listen to it. Uh, it's it's very great. I did. It was yeah. That's what that's what definitely started winning me over and giving me faith that he he was probably pretty uh, he was worth something outside of the, the confines. Um. And he, it just his his whole ring gear is is different now. You know he's he's in fight pants and yeah. I, I'm always I'm always good with somebody who makes the move to pants or to to pants or shorty shorts. I don't know why. Yeah, and I, fam- famously that was a big thing with Okada. Apparently, he's got a new hat. <laughs> oh man, he's the balloon maker. <laughs> Uh, he made a hat out of a balloon. Uh, yeah, there, there were, there were just some things about John Moxley where I was like, I don't know, like, I, he, there, there, no, sorry, there are things about Dean Ambrose where I was like, I, I can't, I can't buy into this character, and then as soon as you got to see him do it like the way that he mm-hmm. had it envisioned, I was like, I am absolutely sold on this character. Like, this makes, this makes total sense. Like, yeah, he's not bringing a little red wagon <laughs> down to the down to the ring while Brock Lesnar is standing there <laughs> filling he's it with lunatic. weapons. Yeah, yeah. He's so fringy. Oh god, Mitch, the plant. <laughs> uh now I I don't know if you've uh, looked over looked over some of the uh some of the forthcoming matches. Uh, but Moxley is headlining about three or four. Do you feel? Uh, um, do you feel that it's a good idea that they're like going ha- like? It seems like their plan is to go ham with John Moxley because he's a big name. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? Or I I can see the the reasoning behind it. If if you've always you've got a, you've got a pretty guaranteed good big name to get some attention for a main event um i don't even know i don't know how necessary it is because i think people who want to watch the g1 climax probably they're gonna tune in for the the full five matches every time so their placement on the card almost is irrelevant in terms of in terms of draws but probably the most recognizable name for for american consumers 
So if they're trying to expand the market, which they obviously are by starting off in Dallas, yeah, that's that. Yeah, uh, promising that's to come thinking. back, yeah. It, why not? Why not? So then you can put it on the poster that way, or the you know the banner ad, whatever, whatever the the kids are doing these days with digital ads. Well, hell, hell, motherfucking yeah. Um, yeah. So let let's let's talk. Let's uh, finally talk about the first event, and uh, we can uh, we can sort of wrap up. Uh, I didn't watch any of the. Uh, I, I was in a time crunch, so I I literally just watched the 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 G one matches. Um, you were smart. <laughs> I was the fool. Well, I I I I I mean, some of the some of the people from the uh, from the other blocks are are in are in random opening matches here and there. I, I don't I don't Absolutely. remember what the what the opening matches were. I I Jushin Thunder Liger was in there somewhere, and I guess he was. Just and that was fun. I'm glad I, excellent 80s music. I'm glad I watched every one of the matches. They were all fine matches. I, I had I had good time watching watching all three of them. It's just that by the end of the night, it was I really dove in with with both feet in the deep end uh, going for the full four hour block. And there's not as much fat on these as there is on on, on a WWE show. So that that's a that's a meaty four hours. So oh yeah, it, just it'll... a little grueling. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, and I, I reckon from here on out, I'm probably just going to talk about the, uh, the, uh, the G1 matches since uh, like, I'm going to, I'm going to watch all of them. Uh, and that's, I'm sure I'm just going to be like, fuck wrestling for the rest of my life by the time I'm done. But who cares, baby? I'm in it for the money. There's nothing else after this. This is, this is the end, the beginning. <laughs> it's it's of, the of end of all itself. pro wrestling. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Okay, so uh, straight straight away opening match: Will Osprey, Lance Archer. Have you had any exposure to Lance Archer? Because I have not. I had not either. I learned through osmosis and lurking through the subreddit and all the various articles I have consumed in preparation that he is a big person. <laughs> that is uh, that's what I have gleaned. He uh, he started uh, top rope walking like the Undertaker and. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> the first thing that I thought, other than you know, um, this is no secret, not a fan of the Undertaker. Yes, I'm, I'm with you. We we share opinions on that. Okay, then we'll get along just fine. Uh, don't don't you dare, Kevin Kelly, sit there and tell me how athletic he is when Will Osprey is holding his hand so he can balance on the fucking rope and walk around a little bit. Fuck you. Fuck the Undertaker. I thought it was kind of cool because he walked a lot. <laughs> Sorry. I had... He walked really far. <laughs> he... <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, Will Ospreay is great. I hope he wins. I mean, not, I, I mean, not the match because he didn't, sadly. <laughs> How, however, I, I do hope he... Uh, I mean, he he is he's plugging his thing right now where he's like, I'm going to show you that the super juniors are going to be just as good as the regular heavyweights. And he is uh, really committing to that and to uh, to great effect. Uh, He is great. What did you like about that match? I liked Will Ospreay. I came in liking Will Ospreay because that's if you're just asking me to pick what kind of match I probably want to watch on any given night, it's. It's a Will Ospreay type match with insane jumping, high flying, flipping, flopping, countering, and rolling around, and all all sorts of spins, pounding around, getting yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> that's that's always gonna be something I'm rooting for. So yeah, I'm a big Will Ospreay fan, and I'm really I'm really hoping he does well in this. I like the his transition from from junior to to the heavies. Um, Probably going to be some some bumps. I imagine he's not going to come out on top in this, and it, it, and this match is kind of an indication of that the journey he may have ahead of him. Um, I'm looking for a good showing from him, but I don't think he's going to be coming away as uh, one of the top point getters, probably. Okay. But uh, it was a hell of a match. It was a lot. That one was was good. It really, I, I hadn't seen him go up against a big guy before, um, and to see him cl- try to climb that mountain was was pretty sweet. I'm I'm kind of interested in seeing some more from Lance Archer. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to see how he works with other people, so I can you know divine whether or not 
you know, did Will Ospreay make him look crazy good? And I mean, like, I, I know, I know all these guys are probably, you know, probably good in their own right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, I, I, I just want to make sure that, you know, he's not a glorified hoss. So I need to, I yeah. need to see him in some other matches. And speaking of glorified hosses, the next match is Evil versus Bad Luck Fale. Hey, I just want to—I just want to let you know before we move on that everybody dies. <laughs> I'm not sure if you heard. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Proceed. Uh, so here's a thing that I like about New Japan that I that I did not know, and uh, it's you're allowed to do whatever you want to on the outside of the ring as long yeah, as the foreign objects no don't come into the ring, and that and that's great. Uh, because it really gave Bad Luck Fale something to to do in that match, when he uh, uh I I was very and, and keep in mind I came into this being like I'm I have not actually seen Bad Luck Fale at a match I just presume that he's bad I've had that reinforced by multiple people including you, and uh, when he when he had a uh, uh, evil like tied up in that one chair and he baseball batted him with the other <laughs> chair. I was like, okay, this is pretty entertaining. It was, I thought it was a really entertaining match. I went in this with, with lower expectations. Yes. As you stated, I am, I am predisposed to not enjoy a, a big hoss. Uh, even if he's just only half of the match that just not my style. And I think I had seen a match that was, it wasn't bad. It just was kind of dull, like a hoss ma- a hoss match can tend to be. Right. So right. I just was like, eh, maybe I can do without. Okay, that's fine. Got to have some filler matches every night. That's fair enough. And he's a he's a veteran in the he's a senior guy, so he gets a spot. Good for him. I thought it was a, I thought it was actually a pretty fun match. The, introdu- introducing the chairs certainly. I I was questioning the DQ status because I think earlier someone went through a, an announcer's table. So I'm starting to think, well, maybe maybe there's no rules on these things. Yeah, and- that, that uh, yeah, Lance Archer ch- fucking choke slammed Will Osprey through a table. Yes. Just, that was sorry. We just got to talk about that match again because it was so good. But holy shit, I just yeah. like out of nowhere, I was like, fuck yeah, this match. I was like, this whole G1 climax is gonna be fucking mental. Yeah, and then and then you got the baseball bat chair spot, like you said, that was that's <laughs> ah, a creative use of a chair or two chairs actually. And I, I, yeah, so Folly, Folly looked, Folly looked good, got the win, and uh, evil, evil looked. They both, they both carried the their side of the match pretty well. Yeah, uh, and um, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, hopefully, uh, we're gonna see some uh, cool stuff from Evil coming up. <clears throat> um, yeah, obviously, before everyone dies, uh, that's gonna happen. The the last the last thing that I, that I saw with him was. Uh, it was it was it was some it was some uh, New Japan show that that happened uh, not not super long ago. It wasn't one of the big ones, but uh, it uh, ba- basically uh, e- Evil and Sonata are tag team partners. Uh, mm-hmm. They're part of Los Ingobernables, Um and Evil is like th- there's a there's a fourth guy who I can't remember who it is. Let's just say it's Tomohiro Ishii. I don't know if that's true, but I need a placeholder. Okay, he's he's irrelevant anyway. To to <laughs> to, to to the point of this thing. Don't let but, him hear you. But but Naito and Sonata and Tomohiro Ishii were standing in a circle, and they all had you know like yeah like fit like fists in or like too sweet in each other, or whatever. And you know oh, it's like Bushi, he, isn't it Bushi? Yeah, that's the ticket. I did it. <laughs> Bushi. <laughs> Unless you didn't, but Bushi sounds right, so let's go with Bushi, and it's easier I, to say. I too. watched the pre-show, <laughs> uh, so they're all in like fists or like too sweet, and Evil's mm. like, I'm. They're like, come on, man, too sweet us, and Evil's like, well, I'm not gonna too sweet you because I'm <laughs> evil. And then they're like, come on, man, I'm Naito, I'm way more evil than you. Come on, just give us a high five, and he's like, no, I am evil. And then he leaves, and everyone's like, "Oh," and they're like, Ugh. <laughs> "So that there, I I think he's uh, planning to go on a on a solo run. That's what the way the mm-hmm. uh, wind seems to be blowing. So I I could be interested in that. Uh, yeah. Wind wasn't blowing in his favor in this first round. Uh, he lost to Bad Luck Fale, which now brings us to uh, 
Sonata, who is his tag team partner, uh, versus Zack Sabre Jr., which is always a delight to watch Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, I don't – it's funny. With Zack Sabre Jr., I go, you know what? I don't know if I want to watch a Zack Sabre Jr. match tonight because I know what it's going to be. It's going to be that Zack sabre type of match. It's going to be digit manipulation. It's going to be submission holds. It is. And sometimes I go, oh, you know, I don't want to watch a Zack Sabre Jr. match. But then I do it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm so glad I did that. Why did I Why did I ever doubt you? He's the Reuben sandwich of, of wrestling matches, of wrestling <laughs> styles. He uh, – so I was I, – and, and Sonata, I, I really – even – until very recently, I thought Evil Sonata was one person, just Evil <laughs> slash Sonata, because see, the naming conventions can be kind of silly, and always seeing him in a tag match or a three-way tag match it would always give me the idea that it could only possibly be one person to fill out the sides. <laughs> so, kind of, I haven't seen I haven't seen either of those guys wrestle in a singles match yet. So that uh, this was something I didn't really know what I was expecting out of that. But doing the due diligence, I was going to sit down and watch this match, and it was fucking awesome i think I, this was my favorite match of the night um that okay. opening sequence they did with the uh where they were just reversing the shit of each other and spin around like ballerina dancers yeah that, that was really salsa great. dancers oh my goodness i was just trying i was trying to keep the angles in my head as the elbows are twisting around and the shoulders and the wrists and the fingers and the oi it hurts <laughs> it uh yeah it uh it was uh, super impressive Mm-hmm. Um, that got me in that got me just i was i was locked in i was locked in on that match after that i i always uh i always like when uh i like when zach saber jr does that uh oh, i can't remember what it's called uh, that that fucking that thing where he ties you up and then like you're in a knot. pretzel the pretzel lock yeah <laughs> it's oh, not it was... called, it's not called the pretzel lock but let's call it the pretzel lock he, he uh, does the pretzel lock, pretzel lock and, and then he gives you a giant boot to get you get you mm. out of the pretzel lock mm. but then he did him he did that to him like yeah. around the ring rope and he's like oh yeah. i can't get out <laughs> <laughs> oh it, it was yeah that was beautiful oh i didn't because i didn't i didn't know sonata could do that <laughs> and uh all uh i i i my my favorite part of the match i i the, the part that just made me go like that's great is uh Zack Sabre Jr. did not win that match. That's correct. Uh, Sonata won that match. And then Zack Sabre Jr. just started beating the shit out of the officials. <laughs> That's right. Wait, which yeah, is, uh, Lance Archer also did that, to be to be fair. I, I was That's trying true. to remember who did it. And then I remember he did like that, that claw lock that he does. Yes. It's just like, fuck these officials. <laughs> yes, Zack, Zack Sabre Jr. deserves all the bad things to happen because he looks like he just fucked your girlfriend. <laughs> So all the bad things that can happen to him, but 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 he could put on a proper match for me before that, and I'll I'll appreciate that very much. I my favorite part about that I think is the fact that the finish was a nice sneaky reversal into a bridging pin, I, and he just and he stole it away from him. I love a good steal. Yeah, that, those those are those are always good, especially when you know like out of nowhere you did you didn't have to beat the shit out of someone. So when you steal a victory from a fucking mm-hmm. bad guy, they got to flip out on someone. That's right. Someone has to die. <laughs> Everyone Before dies. everybody dies, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking, and I was thinking too, watching that at the, especially at the beginning, but continuing on, is like it's gonna take tremendous faith to work with somebody that runs a match like like Zack Saber Jr., where all you're doing is because these guys they want to stay safe and not hurt themselves, so that means not putting your body into bad positions. And Zack Saber Jr. is by by definition putting your body in bad situations, and then you're moving around, and it's like, oh my god, the risk for Injury must be so high. You, you gotta, you, you gotta really know this guy knows what he's doing, and that your partner knows what what he's doing as well. You you bring up an excellent point there because I, uh, just speaking of the match that uh, that's coming up, uh, the main event, uh, Okada and Tanahashi, um, he was he was just doing those those fucking those drag those dragon whip leg screws. And every time I like I every time that's the only move where I see someone like do something with joints where I'm like someone's knees just going to get oh. ri- ripped ripped to shreds. Those are some gnarly dragon screws. And I mean like really it's just like they, they know what they're doing and mm-hmm. I mean like they're definitely like they're not like he's not even holding him like he just has his arms in a circle around him and he's the other guy's doing all the spinning I I imagine. Sure, something but, something to that effect. But every uh, you know, he's he's hugging the leg, but 
you know, not for dear life. Mm-hmm. I, but uh, yeah, you you bring up a good point. I I I never think when when people start start doing all all those crazy fucking lockup like roll submission things that you know joints only bend a certain way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you try to put it. You're trying to make it. Very, it's a it's a static move, so it has to be visually appealing, which means you do have to put them close to bad spots. Yeah, that's uh... so good on Zach for not hurting people. Uh, now that brings us to number four, which I, uh, forgot about. And I, well, I, I thought I read all of them. I, I can't read or write is the thing. That's the hard part. That's uh, why we're talking. We're not writing books anymore. No, but, uh, Andy Liner famously says the best, the, the worst movie is better than the best book. So that's how we feel about things around here. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, we we want to put that on a T-shirt so bad because <laughs> I I'm just mad thinking about thinking about that T-shirt being a thing worn around by anyone, but it is pretty funny. Well, you, well, be good idea here discussing it to keep it really close to the chest. <laughs> thieves out there, <laughs> the thieves with way more ambition and drive than we'll ever have. <laughs> uh, I th- and. Sh- you you're just showing up. I thought I was showing up. Like I'm a, like I actually uh actually went and did some kind of move to actually throw this together. All right, next match. <laughs> uh Kota Ibushi versus Kenta, who for if you saw him in WWE it was Hideo Itami, uh mm-hmm. the uh the famous finisher of the go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um so I didn't really get to see Hideo Itami do anything when he was in WWE because it Nobody was like did. so far and few in between, and then he got injured for a long time, mm-hmm. and then they threw him on 205 Live, mm-hmm. and then even then, like he wasn't even on that a lot probably because, you know, when I think of 205 Live, I think of Tony Nese's fabulous abs. That's that's <laughs> all I think about. Looking like super buff Rafi. <laughs> He's yeah, I mean he's 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 ludicrous, but I the the it's just like there's so many there's so many things like going on over in two oh five live of like in terms of like having quality wrestlers wrestlers over there. And I mean like really everyone in WWE is really good if they can, you know, be left to their own devices or whatever. But you know, Kenta does not speak a ton of English and that that's that's detrimental to Vince's market as uh you know uh I I think a thing that I read recently where uh uh Cien Almas was uh wanting a push and you know Vince is like fucking get better in English bro <laughs> and you know it's uh <sighs> If you're trying to do something for whatever, it, it's it's Vince being Vince. I, I don't want to justify his behavior, and I'm not okay, going to justify wise. his behavior. You're probably on the wrong side of history. Uh, but, if you do. Uh, so, so we got Kenna and Kota Bushi, and I'm – Kota's another guy who I'm like, I'd really like to see. I'd really like to see a victory from Kota Ibushi because I, I feel like I know that uh, – a lot of these guys want to you know, obviously want to be the champion and i feel like coda is one of those guys who like like that's the only thing he cares about in life is to achieve that mm-hmm. uh and so i i i really want to i really want to see it um so what what did you think of this match yeah coda was my my hoping uh, pick to come out of this block even though i think there's some history against that um the, that means he would have to fight Okada, and they usually don't have people headline Wrestle Kingdom who have fought in the past year, so that would kind of kill that. And so I was hoping for a good showing from Ibushi, all the same. And uh, and Kenta, Kenta took it to him and kind of kept him under his thumb a lot of the time, so I don't think we got to see some of the high-flying craziness that Ibushi could bring to the table in addition to his his striking. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good match. I was... I was into it, but I was not blown away by any one particular thing. I, I or I, any particular one. 
And I understand why. Kenta had to win this match. He came back, and if we're going to take him seriously, he needs to win against somebody good. Yeah, yeah, and a, a, certainly exa- did exactly, that. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's sometimes I don't like American crowds, but I think at least the American crowd that goes to see NJ, you know, to, to see New Japan, mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad that Red Shoes got some love. <laughs> yep, yep. That was that was always appreciative. He deserves it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think, uh, I think Kenta looked pretty, pretty strong in this match. I, mm-hmm. I, I did, I did like that little bit where he, where he made to jump on, uh, Kota's head and then yes. didn't just gave, just gave him a little boop. Oh yeah. I, I laughed. I laughed out loud for that one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, that was a, it was, it was a, it was a fine match. Uh, it, uh, I think, I think it was just good for, you know, bring, bringing Kenta back in pretty pretty hot and yeah if you're one of those people who likes to uh believe in the lie of there being two main events then you mm-hmm. know he was in a main event yeah i don't subscribe to that that's, that's dumb the last hot, match is the main hot. event uh which brings us to uh okada and tanahashi uh we've seen this match plenty of times i'm sure probably i, I have not uh, oh you have not um, no, I'm com- I'm com- I come from a place of ignorance, of history. I know that the matches have taken place, but there are- I have not be- really spent time digging into the archive, so I rely on the uh, osmosis information that I take away from people talking about it on Reddit or well, Kevin the- Kelly giving me the-, the inside scoop. Well, if you can learn to ignore history, then you can justify mm-hmm. just about anything. So, that I mean, that's good. I- ignore everything that's ever happened. I'm going to go far. Um... But do not ignore what is going to happen in the future, which is all of us dying. But in the meantime, what did you think of that match? I thought I I really liked this match. I thought uh, right off the bat, I got a I got a good warm fuzzy feeling. Uh, obviously, the crowd showing big love, and the two all time greats took the time to to soak that in, and uh, that that felt that felt really nice for for all parties, and it the the way after that, like they kind of they kind of smiled at each other. It reminded me of. Uh, Rocky Apollo three in the secret in the secret gym. All right, uh, yeah, just a, a a friendly with real stakes, but no stakes at all uh, of, of two juggernauts just trading that opening punch right at the same time. Oh yeah, uh, into Eye of the Tiger, uh, it, <laughs> and that really set the tone. Like that's how I kind of I came to that match, and that's really what we saw was just two two titans with great familiarity for each other, uh, a match of many counters and uh, ebbs and flows. With Okada remaining pretty strong and and looking looking like he always had another gear to go to, uh, anytime Tanahashi would step it up and took it away with with way too many rainmakers. <laughs> it's an excessive amount of rainmakers. So so many rainmakers. Rainmaker maker. I, I like. <laughs> it's it's. I, every once in a while, I'll find myself in a match where I just go, "Jesus Christ, pin him!" <laughs> you, you you did your move on him, just pin him. Like he's he's right there. <laughs> like all you have to do is pin him, and you'll win. You haven't even let go of his wrist. But I I I think I think maybe another thing that I also that I also sort of like that I kind of see in these matches is once once the tide starts to go in a certain direction i feel mm-hmm. like you can i i i i feel like they sell it more realistically like you know someone's not going to hulk up and get a sudden surge of like insane strength it's like yeah. you can visibly see them like getting worse and worse and worse and then mm-hmm. like you know four rain, you know three rainmakers later you're like there's no way he's getting out of this and then you know he gets another 20 and then gets pinned and like mm-hmm. that is what makes sense Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what I what I saw uh, during that match, and uh, you you mentioned this uh, not earlier, but uh, you uh, we were texting each other. Uh, we used to have this segment uh, that we don't <laughs> have anymore <laughs> called Side of the Week. Uh, we don't have it because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. I had to write this one down. Well, uh, so my 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 thing with sign of the week also that that made it uh, prohibitive to do was uh, you can't 
you can't screen cap stuff on mm-hmm. WWE Network, uh, okay. at least not on your phone, which is always when I'd see the best signs when I was uh, going back through, you know, the Attitude Era days. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess what the sign is. I think I'm right. Okay. And I went before, okay, go for it. I think that the sign was the picture of Okada's head that was half Okada and half John Cena. <laughs> that definitely gets sign of the night because that was one of the few signs of the night. So that would definitely did. <laughs> Remember, though, I mentioned that there's the bonus round of shirt of the night, and that is actually the MVP for today. Oh. Um, but we'll go to that. I'll, I'll touch on that one. We'll save that for later. That's a tease. Um, that, that, that you bring up that sign because I was just about to bring up that sign too. Not because it was sign of the night, <laughs> but because it just fits what you were saying. Like every once in a while, yeah, you get – uh, Okada seems to that's the exact thing the sign is saying he gets that John Cena energy and it just seems like it's an irrepressible wave that's coming towards you and it's not necessarily the quick Hulk up burst of it but it's just like oh he's on a roll this ain't ending well 20 Rainmakers later <laughs> speaking of John Cena uh, you should watch Will Ospreay do any match because that's how you do an Oz cutter <laughs> <laughs> that is how you do an Oz cutter <laughs> Uh okay well um so that that br- that brings us to the end of the night uh Okada cut a really good promo you know at at the end where he's saying that he was gonna come back and blah blah yeah. blah and uh Okada was great uh everybody died they went to the press press conference uh so the scoreboard stands right now uh for the A block at two points apiece uh two points for Lance Archer two points for Bad Luck Fale two points for Sonata. Two points for Kenna and two points for Okada, who won via continuous Rainmakers until Tanahashi could no longer be alive anymore. Hey, Mr. Kate, I got a few more notes. <laughs> you mind if I get to a couple random musings? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so it looks like it looks like there wasn't enough baggage space for all the ice bags. They were pretty stingy. I think about one bag per wrestler. Um, so I don't know how they expect anyone to recover. I I only saw a couple ice packs come out after the match. I I, I saw yeah. one come out after after Osprey. I think I don't I don't think anyone even I don't think everyone even got an ice pack. So I don't I don't know what was going on. Uh, Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb, big dude. He has little arms. They're like <laughs> for his size, you think he'd have giant Scott Sky, uh, Scott Steiner, Big Papa Punk guns. Maybe, it, you know, they, maybe they just kind of seem stapled on there. I say that knowing that he could bench press me and the house I live in. <laughs> uh, and I'm not messing with them at all. Just a little disproportional. Uh, I'll I'll have to I'll have to go back through the tapes, or maybe maybe I'll uh, notice it more prominently uh, dur- during the uh, the B block next week. Uh, ho- hopefully, it's not a thing that I can see and then not unsee. Although I have a feeling that is exactly happened. what it's going to be. <laughs> That's kind of what happened. So I'm sorry if I ruined that for you or anyone else. <laughs> Um, Lance Archer, really distracting to see my name plastered on his ass the entire match. <laughs> I don't know why he has a Ryan patch, but he does. Right, <laughs> right cheek. I don't like it. I didn't mind it. It was just distracting. <laughs> it was good to get the call out and, and remind me to keep paying attention. Uh, Coda, Coda got two ice bags. So good for Coda. He's going to be, he's going to have the advantage of the next round because he got more ice than anyone else i feel like um, every time i see a match with kota abushi he lands on his head in just the <laughs> worst fucking way oh at least at least once a match yeah that and, dude and that so yeah crazy. they pro- like i feel like most of his neck muscle i mean like his 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 neck muscles are are bulgy he's a he's a ripped ripped up mm, dude oh. but like man that's the only thing that's stopping him from you know dying <laughs> <laughs> His grade one beefiness. Um, and teased earlier, shirt of the night, because there wasn't that many great signs. The shirt of the night, and you missed it because it was in the pre-show, the king of dong style. <laughs> I love that shirt. <laughs> I love that shirt. That uh, was a new one. I I, uh, I I saw that Joey Ryan shirt uh, sc- scrolling through pro wrestling tees one day, and they, yes, that is a great shirt. I love that shirt. Oh, that's yeah, that, that was that was a new one on me. My uh, eyes have been open, and now I have a new item to order. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, that brings us to the end here. I don't know how long we're running because I can't read or write. Numbers aren't letters, boy. Fuff. 
Uh, there should, uh, and yeah, an hour, hour, eight minutes, which is, uh, you know, hopefully what I was aiming for. Uh, so in the, you know, in the future, I'm probably going to try to just do like little, uh, 30 minute chunks. Uh, the next round of B block action is Saturday, July 13th in Tokyo, baby at five 30 in the morning. So I'll probably be watching it. Uh, uh, I mean, I'll probably watch it. Uh, son, uh, I'll watch, I'll watch ah, it. My kid, I'm going to watch it live. Yeah. It's, I uh, know I'll probably, oh, the five 30 in the morning. No, I'll watch it when I wake up on Saturday. Much smarter, much smarter. Uh, uh, which uh, brings me to, uh, if you want to uh, hop on next week, you're welcome to. If you want to at least watch the uh, first round of B-Block action, because a lot of these things are at random times on, like, Sundays and Mondays yeah. and shit. No one no one wants to do that. Not even mm-hmm. me, but I will, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll figure I'll, I'll figure out how this works. I should be able to be maybe a day behind or something like that. I can watch whatever's live the following night. Yeah, well, I mean... I'll, if, be, I'll be smarter about skipping through. Yeah, I mean, if we, if we can get together during... Uh, uh, during uh, Finn Balor's nap time next week, mm-hmm. then uh, you know that it'll be a quick thirty minutes. Yeah, if we can, yeah, we'll have the we'll be a little quicker, so that's fine. It's he's pretty good about his time, so it, it should work. It should work. It's just like I said, it's random when it when it occurs. He's been a, he's been a real pain lately. Yeah. Well, give him baby Nyquil, but give him adult Nyquil. Baby ribbon. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, I think that wraps everything up. Uh, we'll see you next week for B Block Action. I'm Daniel Salorzno for Bone Saw. See you later, forever. Everybody dies. <laughs> Everybody dies.